Welcome to Lessons from Sweet Valley, the podcast where we re-examine the Sweet Valley High series one book at a time. My name is Kat Thomas, and today we are discussing book one, Double Love. This is our premiere episode. Joining me today is a friend of mine from way back, way, way back. Um, in fact, we met when we were just two years old. Welcome, Erin Brown, to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Happy to be here and part of the first podcast here of Looking Back at Sweet Valley High. Yeah, Erin, when I thought about this idea, I was like, there's no one else I would want to start the first episode of Lessons from Sweet Valley than you, because... I mean, I, well, first, I guess we should tell how we met. Yeah, so we grew up, yeah, two houses down out in Naperville. So elementary, junior high, high school. So I know specifically, obviously, with these books, grew up reading many of the Sweet Valley books. And Do you uh, remember how you got into them? Like, I was trying to re- remember that. I don't, but I do remember I started with Sweet Valley Kids. Yes. So, like, I think, I don't know when they started the series necessarily, but I remember kind of in elementary reading kids, and then they had twin, middle school, and then high school. So I feel like I kind of, I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt like I kind of grew up with them, even though technically they were set before we were that age, but it just still felt like they kind of had a series that we could grow up with and through their milestones. So it was interesting. I loved it. I was obsessed. Back yes. in the day. So, I know, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess before we get into it, tell me, yeah, tell me, tell us a little about yourself. <laughs> yeah, so um, obviously grew up in Naperville with Kat or with you here and um, went to IU for undergrad and then spent 10 years more in commercial insurance, corporate America side, um, left my job last year um, and starting a business on my own, a tech startup and leadership development space. And yeah, it's been a bit of an adventure and a journey, doing a lot of travel, working on that. Um, and then, yeah, first podcast here with you. Woohoo! <laughs> I think I was obsessed and wanting to have a twin because of this series. So that I remember being like, life would be so great if only I had a twin sister. So. <laughs> yes, and we meet the twins very early on in Double Love. Um, and I guess the, it's the first scene, which is basically a scene of... Um, of Jessica in front of the mirror, basically running down all her Im- physical imperfections directly in front of her identical twin sister. <laughs> a little comical. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't know, I guess I'm curious about your, just before we get into the plot, just your overall impressions of just the book, the world, you know, going back and reading it again, what came up for you? Uh, I mean, definitely, I think with that scene you're talking about, Jessica in front of the mirror, is it kind of a flashback? I think a lot of girls have that struggle with, like, body image and lack of confidence, which, those surprised me because in looking at, like, what I remembered about the series was Jessica was so confident and, like, a little arrogant and, frankly, a little conniving and all of these different features. Honestly, I didn't realize, remember that side of her. So kind of put it in maybe a little bit different perspective as an adult versus when reading it as a child or preteen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I wrote down in my notes, was Jessica always such an unlikable character? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I was like, oh, man. And I don't know if the series it's going to change or, but I just don't remember her being kind of that, uh, yeah, that kind of just conniving, you know? Yeah, I remembered the self-centered part or like kind of your stereotypical 
popular girl, right? Who's like has a certain air to them. Yeah. But I definitely didn't remember the conniving part, especially against her own sister. Right. I guess basically for those who aren't familiar with the series, you have obviously you have these two twins, Elizabeth and Jessica. Elizabeth is kind of the book smart, uh, studious one, and Jessica is kind of the more popular cheerleader, kind of consumed with image one. And um, yeah, those are our two main characters. And for me, it was like with Jessica, it's like the first thing she has, she's criticizing her appearance right in front of Elizabeth. And then Todd Wilkins calls, which I just like love this idea of like, oh, the landlines are back. People are calling the houses <laughs> yeah. again. It's great. No cell phones. Yeah, no <laughs> cell phones. And like, I just remember it was always like a big deal to get, you know, a call from someone and a call from a guy and, and friend or boy. It exactly. Was like a big and, thing. And like, so Jessica picks up the phone and she basically lies. You know, Todd's looking for Elizabeth and she's like, oh, Elizabeth is gone. Elizabeth is, you know, in the shower. I don't know what she said. Some, some yeah. excuse. And, and um, basically lies to Elizabeth and kind of tells Elizabeth that Todd was looking for her. Or... Right, yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know, if, I don't think she knew Elizabeth. Like, I think in the plot line, like, we know Elizabeth likes him and we know Jessica likes him. Okay. But I'm not sure if, if Jessica, Jessica knows Elizabeth likes him. I don't know. Do you remember? I don't or... remember. I feel like in this book, in this story, there's a lot of misunderstandings. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone mis- is misunderstanding everything about, like, the other per I, I, there's a lot of relationship misunderstandings and just with Todd asking for Elizabeth I mean mm-hmm. I think Jessica has to kind of know that suspect and suspects some way. that he wants to like he's got you know well and I, Jessica being Jessica wants the yeah hey he's head of what basketball right yes. basketball team basketball and she's star. head cheerleader yes. and she's very much focused on like the classic oh, this, the portrayal of them is kind of the two most popular people in the yes. school being in a relationship you want that classic head cheerleader head basketball player combo correct yeah yes so yeah so that was kind of like the start of it you know i think and that kind of is what the the main kind of driving plot point is this whole Jessica and Elizabeth fighting over the same guy, but kind of not really acknowledging that they are. It's, it's. Well, it's, in part, I think Elizabeth didn't know she was fighting right. a little bit. I think Jessica knew she was fighting That's and Elizabeth true. did not. Yes. Necessarily. Yes. No. Yes. Because Jessica was being the, her conniving self and kind of manipulating all the situations. Yes. She would kind of always intercept, you know, Todd whenever he was kind of looking for Elizabeth or whenever, you know, and Jessica would kind of walk in and be like, oh, but let's do this, you know. And, and yeah, I don't think, and Elizabeth just took that as, oh, he's he's into Jessica. He's not into me. And yeah. And, um, yeah. and she was willing to support that. Because she, she like, was. loved her twin, which I, I was know. like, oh, I know. it made me, but like, so my fun. heart warm for her in a sympathetic I way, too. But I know. she was willing to put her twin first, Jessica not. At yes, <laughs> I know. I I also wrote. Uh, was Elizabeth always such a people pleaser? She is just like very much willing to just kind of surrender her desires to her twin, I guess. Or like you said, like she was kind of willing to do that, where Jessica really did not care that much about it. I think that, and I also got the impression that she was kind of like a conflict avoider. Yes. Which I related to because I am yes. a bit of a conflict avoider in life as well. I think, yeah. You know, especially at that age with friends and that situation. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, that's a good point. Definitely. Yes. So we've already talked about Jessica and Elizabeth and Todd. 
because the other we should introduce the other Wakefield family members, which are Alice, which is the mother, the matron of the family, and uh, Ned Wakefield, who is the father. And there's kind of a, a side story about him, which we will go into. Who's a lawyer and currently working on a big case, a big Sweet Valley case. And what did the mom do again? She... I, you know, I think it, they said she was a designer. I think she's an interior designer. Okay, That's... yes. And I know she was working a lot. That the, kept yeah, there was up. a lot of both parents work. You get the sense that they are well off, but not like super wealthy. No, because they keep talking about those two families yes. that are like the very wealthy, yes. powerful families of yes. Sweet Valley. Yes. So the two powerful families in Sweet Valley were the... Um, yeah, the Patmans, which were kind of the old money. Mm-hmm. And part of this case that Ned Wakefield is working on is they want to turn the football field into like an English garden. And that was like reminiscent of like one of the original founders of Sweet Valley. <laughs> and then the the Fowlers wanted to turn it into a uh, factory that makes like silicon chips, you know. Okay. We should yeah. mention this book was published in um, in 1984. I wanted to read a quote that I find is like is like my favorite quote about where they talk about Sweet Valley. And so this is Elizabeth talking about Sweet Valley, the town that she lives in. As she did very often, Elizabeth thought how lucky she and Jessica were to live in Sweet Valley. Everything about it was terrific. The gently rolling hills, the quaint downtown area, and the fantastic white sand beach only 15 minutes away. She, she and Jessica were even luckier now with a new in-ground pool in the backyard. <laughs> I mean... Can't get better than that description. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, that was a world that I know for me in the Midwest is just like, wow, that's a different world out there, you know? But do you ever feel like, I feel like when talking to people, a lot of times people thought that about Naperville, where oh, we grew up. Not the in-ground pool, not that, and no one had one. But there's, this kind there's of a couple pers- in-ground pools. I'm in sure. Those but people wasn't. were always very like, it was like, whoa, like yeah. the in-ground pool in the Midwest is, is kind of a rare thing, you know? Yeah. I think there's these idyllic perceptions of certain communities. And I think over, I'll be interested to see like rereading some of the books if, you start getting a different view of the town itself. Right. That may be not right. what people necessarily perceive. Yes. Let's see. So what else? Okay. So they also have a brother, Steve, Steve Wakefield. And mm-hmm. what were your impressions of Steve? He was in, co- he's in college. He had just, I think just gone to college, yes. but relatively close to home. Yes. Well, he seemed to keep popping back in. And I know Jessica being Jessica seemed to have a lot of, potential reasons why that he was, you know, coming back home, thinking out this, a lot of like... There's a lot of speculation. Correct. That's the word I was going for that I wasn't thinking of. Um, Yeah. So initially, yeah, everyone, they, everyone thought that Steve was dating this woman uh, or this, I guess, young female. College college age. College age female. Um, Let's see. Betsy Martin. And she was kind of, I feel like the way they describe people is it's it's kind of very vague it's it's like she's she gets around yeah, yeah they have a strange way of describing kind of someone who's into like illicit activities or something like well, i think wasn't the dad her dad a drunk or yes had an alcoholic yes. i guess the I dad was an alcoholic the and mom had passed away yes yes something like that yes so. and so um everyone thought he was dating this this betsy which is who the, 
had run into some troubles herself. Yes, in run into some troubles. They were a family that was not very highly thought of in, Regarded in, in the town family. of Sweet Valley. Um, but in the end, he it, they found out he was dating the sister, who's kind of a very kind of sweet, you know. Kind of a caretaker of yeah, the family and yeah. doing what she can. Yeah, so that was kind of, there's a lot of like little side love stories. Um, another side plot was... There was speculation that Ned Wakefield, you know, the father was having an affair with one of his law Another, A fellow attorney. Fellow attorney. Like, yes. Younger. Yes. Because he was working on their, you know, the big, the big kind of court case. There was a court case in this. There's a lot going on in this book. Yeah. With, you know, it was the Fowler-Patman versus the Board of Education fight over the Sweet Valley football field. Mm-hmm. And Ned Wakefield was the lawyer for that. And so... Uh, Mariana West, I think her name was. Yeah, was working with her father. They're working late nights and, you know. Maybe some of their friends had seen them together yes. at one point in the story. Yes. So they kind of built their own story about yes. what was happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Potentially, rather than maybe just asking. Exactly. There's <laughs> a lot of speculation without getting clarity on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of brings us back to Jessica. And Elizabeth and Todd Wilkins. So Jessica, I think, is she's upset about some. Todd had rejected her in some way, and she decides to go on a date with this guy, Rick Andover, mm-hmm. who basically like pulled up. The classic like she's walking down the street, and he like kind of pulled up in his kind of car and was like, "Hey, baby, like, hey, heaven." I think he called yeah. her like, "Come and." Like, want to hang out? And he was older, from what I remember. I mean, probably college age. I don't even know. The twins are, what, like 16 in the yes. show? Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. the show, the book. Yeah. Um, yeah, he pulls up. She gets in the car. Yes. Kind of rebellion, rebelling and end up at this bar. Yes. This does not go well. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of scary because... I mean, in those days, you, got no, you have no cell phones. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, there's no Uber... Like how you know you're kind of stuck. You're stuck. Yeah. And and eventually this guy it got kind of rowdy and the police came and the policeman ended up dropping Jessica off at her house, but the police thought that Jessica was Elizabeth and Jessica really didn't correct. say anything <laughs> to correct him. Mm-hmm. And of course a high school friend was walking by, and the next day at school, everyone thinks that Elizabeth was at this bar with Rick Andover, who has mm-hmm. this shady reputation. Well, especially Elizabeth has such a stellar kind of relationship. I, or, sorry, um, you know, reputation versus maybe Jessica, they might have believed it. Right. But Elizabeth is extra shocking. Yes. Oh, and Elizabeth has a best friend, Enid, Enid Rollins. And people were coming to Enid. They're like, oh, I can't believe Elizabeth did this. And Enid was really kind of championing for Elizabeth. Like, it's a rumor. It's, you know, I'm not going to believe it. But Todd Wilkins kind of also believed it, believed this rumor. I feel like he didn't want to at first. But then he had heard it enough. That it kind of sunk in and he started to. And I remember just thinking, it's like a lot of people just believe this rumor without any kind of questioning, you know? And I wrote, I don't know, I wrote this down in my notes. 
page 82 to 85, Todd has a judgmental dolt. I don't know what I meant, I don't know what I meant there. <laughs> but I think it was, there was a scene between Enid and Ronnie, her boyfriend, and Todd, and they were talking about Elizabeth. And um, Ronnie was like, well, sometimes a person is not what she seems. And Todd nodded in agreement. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's what I'm finding. And Enid's like, I know there's another explanation. I can't accept these rumors, especially after Liz has denied them. And yeah, Todd's just like, maybe there's just so much a person can take. I mean, how long can you go on trusting someone, believing in someone? It's, I'm just, I'm like, Todd, I'm like, like. Well, A, it was kind of an overreaction, in my opinion. I guess, I mean, he liked her, right? So he's taking it a little more personally that she's You're hanging right. out with a shady character. This is high school. So I guess I have to, drama. I have to realize that like the drama in high school, it's all amped up. Yeah. <laughs> but then I think I was fascinated a little bit of how quickly it spread because I was kind of trying to think back to high school although like it's not the exact same time like it was when we were in high school still pre-social media right so then I then it, I couldn't help but think I don't know if it occurred to you like how much it would have been different had yeah. social media been around Oh, then it, it would have been like instant wildfire. <laughs> right. Like that night. Probably a picture would have happened. Yes. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Know? Like that night that I forgot the character's name that saw them. She would have been like posting on, you know, Facebook. So, but it is pretty amazing how, yeah, quickly. Even that, how like quickly right. even just word of mouth yeah. uh, spread. Yes. And of course, Jessica does nothing to try to dispel this rumor that it was actually her. You know, mm-hmm. she kind of just lets it, lets it go. And I don't know, does Elizabeth just kind of take it? I mean... But I also it, feel like Elizabeth wasn't sure if it was... Of it was real. Jessica, well, A, it was real, but did they even see someone? I don't even know if she fully considered the fact that Jessica might be have been at this bar. Yeah. And just be pretending to be her. Right. I think she gave her the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. From that standpoint. Yep. Jessica almost came around at, at one point. She was with Todd, and Todd mm-hmm. was saying these things about Elizabeth. And Jessica was like, she did have, I think she had a, mo- she did have a moment where her conscience kicked in, and she yep. was like, it was me. It wasn't Elizabeth. <laughs> and then Todd was, he was like, oh, you're such a good, like, you're taking the credit. Of course, he believes that right away, you know? Yeah. He's like, he's like you're trying to take the blame, to yeah. protect your sister, blah, blah, blah. And although, props to Jessica for trying to potentially right a wrong, yeah. but then she let him believe that. <laughs> yeah. Because then he's like, you're such a nice it ended person, instantly. that's so great. And like, yeah, she went up a few points in his book and she let him yeah that, she so. had no problem and then i think he gave her a kiss and then of course the whole school sees and and um yes and elizabeth you know devastated devastated but also what we haven't talked about is elizabeth is also there's basically kind of like a gossip girl type column in the newspaper and elizabeth writes that anonymously so she's having to kind of write about this new romance between her sister and this guy that she likes in this mm-hmm. anonymous column, which I think is called Eyes and Ears or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like a big thing that once they find out who wrote, wrote writes the column, they get dunked in the pool. It's like a high school tradition, which we'll come back a little bit later. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a bunch of just crazy misunderstandings in this book um, between... Jessica, everyone, everyone. <laughs> literally, every, literally everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think the climax happens. Oh, oh, wait. 
well, first of all, they okay, so they go to a dance, and yep. yes, and Jessica and Todd end up going together because Todd was so enamored with Jessica about the taking the blame taking and everything. Blame. He thinks she's a better person now. Yes, and whatnot. And Elizabeth ends up going with another friend of theirs, just a mutual friend. And at the end of the night, Jessica's obviously wanting I don't know, a kiss or something, and Todd gives her a, a kiss on the cheek, right? On the cheek, yeah, which is just the ultimate, the ultimate insult. For Jessica. Yep. So, Aaron, what what are your thoughts about Jessica basically, like, accusing Todd or making up a lie that basically Todd sexually assaulted her? Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's basically what she well, did, yeah, right? she, I know that, I forget what the word they used in the book was it like, he wouldn't take no for an answer, right? Or something right. like that. Like, yes. it didn't go anywhere, obviously, because nothing happened with yes. them. Um, but she said it. Totally. Guess. Like, this is, I, I have this. This you is what she said. I have marked. It's Elizabeth says, and what did he do then? Jessica says, I don't remember, but oh, Liz, it was awful. He just wouldn't stop. His hands, oh, God, they were everywhere. And don't tell me more. I've had enough. But then I was also surprised that, like, it kind of was dismissed very easily, too. Not, like, Elizabeth, but then it was kind of like... Not boys be boys, but she was like, oh my God, that's so awful. I don't like him anymore. Versus I feel like how she phrased it was like he tried to attack her. Yeah. Where I'm like, wait a minute. If that was true, this is a way bigger deal than they even made it out. Yeah. Two between each other. I mean, Jessica, she's got... She's very manipulative and just (laughs) not even manipulative. I mean, like looking at it from today's like framework, it's like... Oh, Todd like Wilkins awful. would be... He'd be done. He'd be out of there. And having to look at it in the frames of the 80s, right? Yes. Like, yes. A, that's like set up for good storytelling, yeah. quote unquote. But I was like, it's so rare that anyone makes a false accusation that right. I, like, I kind of was thinking of it like, oh my gosh. Like, it's, even the book itself, beyond yeah. the character, I was kind of like, oh man, that is really not good. Right. You know, for thinking that's normal that people might make a false accusation. And Elizabeth believes it. And I mean, the thing is, it's like, that's her twin. Why would she not believe it? But mm-hmm. there, there was definitely a lot of people believing things. Instantly. Even out of character things. Right. Like yeah, whether that's it's Elizabeth thing. and yes. the bar situation or Todd in this situation. Yes. It was a yes. face value. Yes. And like the affair with the... The, you know, her dad having an affair and, you know, that it's, there's just a lot of just, you know, people just believing kind of the worst. The worst of others. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, at the same time, it's like, this is your twin. You would think that maybe they would tell you the truth, but, but yeah, Jessica's... Not always. Not always. So, I guess the climax of this, of this story is Jessica and Elizabeth, I believe, they're driving and then they and run Rick into died. Rick. They run into Rick from... You know, the bar fight from the bar. The yes. Rumor starting. Exactly. And their car stalls and Rick basically like jumps into their car. And then there's kind of a, there's a little bit of like a car chase. Well, he's drunk if I remember he, correctly. Yes. So it's a highly potentially dangerous yeah. situation. He's barreling down the road at whatever miles per hour and they're begging to get out and blah, blah, blah. And Todd sees them. Yep. Todd correct? sees them. Yep, and he jumps in his car, and there's a, a girl, like there's a car chase down the, the highways of Sweet Valley. And I think they end up back at that bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. back at Kelly's. And um, 
Yeah, there's a fight. Todd, between Todd and Rick, right? Yes, between yeah. Todd and Rick. I think Todd punches Rick. Rick is drunk. and Cops are called again. Cops are called. And what happens is Jessica, she like runs over to give Todd a hug. And Elizabeth is like, it's my turn. And she kisses Todd. So yeah, on the drive home from Kelly's, Todd drives them home. And Jessica gets out first. And then her and Elizabeth and Todd have a conversation about like, and Elizabeth is like, after what you did to Jessica and then they figure out that that's a lie then Elizabeth goes in and I think they kind of have it out and yeah, Jessica tries to do her crying bit which usually wins Elizabeth over from a it's okay it's okay yes but that did not work this time it did not work but part of Jessica's excuse for why she kind of let the rumor go about the about Rick and being at that bar was she said that the consequences would be a lot worse for her. She would like be kicked off the cheerleading team. And she was saying that, oh, if you, if I asked you to do this, to take the blame, you would do it. And, and I don't know. Do you think Jessica, do you think she felt remorse? I think she feels remorse, but at the same time, she just puts herself first. So like, I think she does feel remorse, except that she will deal with feeling remorse and do it anyway. Yeah. I think, she, yeah. She's very, A, not self-aware and very, at least at this point, self-centered. Yeah. Yep. And that, I don't know what your thoughts are. No, I completely agree. Completely. And and I think Elizabeth does forgive her and, and kind of the last little, like, button on the, on the book is, Elizabeth is like, I'll get, like, this will make it, I'll get back to her. And she kind of has this plan and the plan is basically to kind of concoct this scheme where people think Jessica is Elizabeth and then they find out that Elizabeth has written the kind of column in the Mm -hmm. newspaper. And so thinking that kind of Jessica is Elizabeth or she's dressed sort of like Elizabeth and they dunk her in the pool and everything. Public humiliation, but I was like, okay, that does not make anything right. Like, right, your reputation's been, like, taken through the mud. You've accused the poor guy of, like, an assault. Stood in the way of a relationship, yet you get a dunk in a pool. Um, all is forgiven. But all is forgiven. In Sweet Valley. And that... hey, maybe in Twin World, I don't know. But... <laughs> right, right. Maybe that's just how it works with twins. But So that is how we end the, that is how we end the first book. But there's a little bit of a cliffhanger. Elizabeth's friend, Enid, runs up to her. And she goes, Liz, I don't know what to do. Something terrible has happened. I can't even tell you. It's so awful. I know Ronnie is going to hate me. I could just die. I'm afraid I'm going to lose everything. That's how the book ends. She got some secret. She I know they alluded to it in the book, but obviously they're... She's got a secret. Yeah. I mean, book two. Yep. It says what... At the end, it says, what is the dark mystery in Edith's past? And how does Jessica use it to her own advantage? Not Shock- surprising. Shocking. <laughs> Find out in Sweet Valley High, number two secrets, which will be our next book on lessons from sweet valley and so aaron to close off our podcast after this book after looking back at it what do you have any lessons that you have learned from this bit of literature you know you know it's funny we didn't touch on it too much but i know um we talked about that bar situation with jessica and kind of when she got in the car 
her gut was telling her like this wasn't a good decision like she knew his reputation but she did it anyway and then ended up in that bad situation so i'll say one lesson it wasn't even a lesson it was kind of a good reminder is always trusting your gut with situations mm-hmm. you know because that's something i've always used to guide me but then the second one i think is more tied to the relationship of like elizabeth and jessica which is standing up for yourself as i kept kind of found me finding myself screaming in my head at Elizabeth to like stop being such a doormat you know and stand up for yourself so I think that was a lesson takeaway reminder etc is the importance of that yep that's great I mean those are great lessons who would have thought and <laughs> how I, about you yeah for me I I had three three words and I wrote just say it because it's this there's oh, so that's many, a great one. Yeah. so much speculation, just constant speculation. Communicate. Communicate. Like, yeah. I mean, I know it's like, it's hard with family, but it's like, there's just so much energy spent on speculation about, about the dad with the affair. We didn't even go into the, they thought they were, the, they had a huge dinner party and the dad, they thought the dad was going to like announce the divorce at like a dinner like, party. Like that's how you would do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, oh goodness gracious. Yeah. But yeah. And it's just. Like, even with Todd and Elizabeth, they kept on, like, trying to try, they, like, meet up and then they go and they, you know, they never could quite say their feelings for each other before Jessica kind of got in there. And it's just like, just say, just say it, you know? And even the gut thing there is I feel like Todd, like, his gut really said Elizabeth isn't this type of person. Right. Elizabeth's gut said Todd is not the type of person who's going to attack someone. Yes. Like, like, people kept letting all these other factors get in a way of kind of trusting what they know about other people too yeah you know even the, the dad situation like they know their father they were like this is out of character but they were like manifest this whole yes yes potential crisis absolutely so you know. i mean those are some great lessons that we learned from this book <laughs> <laughs> communicate communicate Trust your gut, you know. Stand up for yourself. Stand up for yourself. Those are really good lessons. But um, yeah, before we close, Aaron, do you, is there, what's going, anything you want to plug, anything that you want to leave us with? Uh, no, I mean, I know I mentioned a little bit earlier, but um, if you have any like leaders out there in our companies, um, the business I'm launching is Lead Connects and it'll be a platform specifically to help support and empower managers um, frontline through mid-level. So if you're looking to join peer groups, get coaching, et cetera, check us out at uh, leadconnects.com. Thank you. Awesome. And yeah, and Please visit, um, if you want to support the podcast, please visit us on our Lessons from Sweet Valley Facebook page. And we'd love to hear your memories of the series. And was there a specific book that you remember or like? And how did you get started? And if you want to be a future guest, please let me know. It's got a lot of books to get through. So Weren't there, what, a hundred? There's like over a hundred. So. I, I Googled it and I was like, there's a lot of books. Yeah. So Erin, whenever you feel like you want to read another Sweet Valley book, just let me know and I'll tell you which one we're on. Hey, I almost downloaded the second one just because I was like, what is that Enid's secret? (laughs) You wanted to know. I don't remember. They keep you hooked. I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for listening and uh, we will see everyone next time. Thank you. Thank you.